the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Here's your host, Bob Bender. Good afternoon, Colorado Springs. Dr. Bob here and hope you're having a great day. Hope you've kept warm this week. I hope there's not a plumber at your house because there's one at ours. Yeah, a little frozen pipe, a little little $1,200 deal. But, hey, you got you to gotta keep the plumbers in business, Ty. Way to go, Bob. You got to keep them in business. I have in the studio Ty Saltzgiver. Ty, welcome. Yeah, good to be here. Good to have you here. You heard about the, the brain surgeon? whose basement flooded. Have you heard this one? Not sure yet. Brain surgeon had his basement flooded, so he called the plumber. Plumber came, looked at it. I mean, the basement was flooded. As a, Of course, brain surgeon, this nice house and everything. The plumber said, man, you got, we got major problems here. Man, we're, we're talking 10 to 12 grand for us to you know, get this fixed. And the brain surgeon said, well, man, that's a brain surgery. <laughs> And the plumber said, yeah, I know. I used to be a brain surgeon. That's right. (laughs) So they they make good money, and they deserve it. Crawling around there and fixing leaky pipes and helping us to stay warm. Well, again, hope you're having a great day and a great week in the Lord. It's the first of the year, so a lot of us are beginning to read through the Bible. And so I'm in... Exodus, and this morning I came across Exodus 4, verses 2 and 20. The Lord said to Moses, what's that in your hand? And Moses said, a staff. So Moses took the staff of God in his hand and returned to the land of Egypt, and he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. And so, Ty, my question to our listeners is the same question the Lord asked Moses, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? And it was a staff, and, you know, he cast it down, became a snake, and pulled it up by the tail, which is interesting in itself, and became staff again. But then after that, ties, you will know, it became the staff of God. So what we have, all we have to offer the Lord is what we have. So what's in your hand? What resource? What position? Time, relationship, possession, spiritual gift, personality, strength, whatever's in your hand— If you give it to the Lord, it becomes the Lord's, and he will use you and your resources to make a kingdom difference and to lead other people. You know, Ty, what I think, what I think, what I think that the greatest thing, think about this, you don't have to answer it, but, but the greatest thing we have to offer others, what is it, what is the greatest thing we have to offer we have to offer others as Christ followers. Is it not the Jesus in us? The Jesus in us, uniquely made to fulfill God's purpose in our lives, to allow the Lord to use us. So, Lord, thanks for the way you've made each one of us. Lord, help us to 
Whatever we have in our hands, it might be something difficult, might be something good. Lord, you can use it, you can take it, so do so in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I serve, uh, one of my positions is a Director of Ministry Relations for Retirement Reformation, and we have an opportunity, should you as a retiree want to join us, we are going on a safari to Tanzania, May 11 to 19, and we're going to Belize in April 14 to 20, that beautiful spot on the planet, Faith, Fellowship, and Service in Belize, Tanzania, on a safari to see God's wonderful creatures. So I'll be helping to lead that tour. If you want to go to either one of those, just go to retirementreformation.org. We'd love to have you join us. It will be a life-changing experience in the Lord with other Christ followers to experience God's beauty. Ty Saltzgiver. We're going to begin with the obvious. Ty, is that short for Tylenol, Tyler, Tyrone? How did you get the name? I've never met a Ty before you, the first Ty I've ever met. How about that? First one. I'm a Tyson. Tyson, yes, the chicken that's, guy. That's Wow. Uh, I wish. <laughs> now, how did that come about? My grandmother's maiden name. Okay. My grandfather worked for a clothing store named Jack's and wanted to name her son Jack. And my grandmother didn't like the name, but she conceded by saying, if you take my maiden, my my name as the middle name, so I'm Jack Tyson. Jack Salsky. Tyson, you go by Ty. You've gone by Ty your whole life? Gone by Ty my whole life. Have you ever met another Ty? I have met several other Ty's. Okay, cool, They're cool. Tylers. Yeah, I've never yeah. met another Tyson. Wow, wow, wow. Cool, man. You're unique. Now let's get on to the salts giver. Is that <laughs> is that Deutsch? It is a Pennsylvania Dutch well, origin. Sure well, is. Yeah. yeah. It means salt giver. A giver of salt. Man, you ought to you you should have become an evangelist or something. Man, Thai oh, salt my giver. Gosh. That salt's giver, that is quite a name. Of course, my name's German. Bender. You know what a bender is, don't you? It's a drunk. It's when you can go on it, right? <laughs> so maybe maybe we could offset one another. <laughs> the salt giver and the drunk. Wow, that's that's cool. And you are ordained minister with the Presbyterian denomination? Yes, sir. Eco. Amen, amen. Yes, know them well. We love Tim McConnell, First Pres downtown. Mm-hmm. Great, great work. And how long has that been since you've been donned? Gosh, I you know pursued ordination a long time, but uh, finally came to fruition maybe about 10 years ago. 10 years ago. That's great. That is a wonderful. You are one of our stellar leaders in our community, making a difference. We're going to unpack that later. Uh, it's it's We have so many people like Ty who are using their God-given calling and gifts to influence our community. So tell me how you came to Christ. Are you a second, third-generation Christian or first one or what? My father and mother were both uh, believers. We would even have family devotions as a kid, but uh, didn't take. <laughs> it didn't didn't take. And I uh, was on a young life uh, wow. summer trip week of camp, and a speaker uh, presented Jesus on the cross. I went out that night to a little twenty minute quiet period, and uh, man, it was easy. There weren't stars flying or anything like that. It was just you want to live in my heart. Come on. Wow. Went back to the cabin. The leader said, like I did many times since with a cabin of guys, said, uh, what would you all think about during your 20 minutes? And I burst out. 
I asked Jesus into my heart. What are you, 15, 16? Did, I'm 17 years wow. old. Didn't you? And I was the only one wow. in my cabin. So wow. it was a real gift from God. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our stories are similar. I hadn't heard your story, obviously. But uh, I came from a Christian home, 16 years old, youth camp, same deal. Got hard saved and and uh, went into ministry shortly after that. So what did you do after, vocationally, what did you do after you became a Christian? I, we went to college and lived one foot in the kingdom, one foot out. Uh, tough Bifo, e- is that what you're saying? Uh, tough years. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. uh, after college, I uh, started selling insurance okay. and became a volunteer leader in Young Life, got serious about my relationship with Jesus. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Did that for eight years. And then you be- were became on the Young Life staff, I right? went to seminary for a year and then went on Young Life staff. Wow, wow. Did you lead a group, or what level were you serving in Young, young Life? Well, first of all, what who, what does Young Life do? T- t- give us a— Young Life is a ministry to adolescents. Mm-hmm. And when it started, adolescents was grades 10 through 12, back 1930s. Today, adolescence starts uh, Two. Yeah, age 12, 13, <laughs> yeah, and goes yeah. all the way to age 26, 27. So Young Life now has a wow, middle, community, middle, community, college, and everything. Middle school wow. ministry and a college Wow, ministry. I did not know that. I'm learning this stuff. That's yeah. great. And what's their philosophy? What's Young Life's philosophy? You're trying to introduce adolescents to Jesus Christ and help them grow in their faith. Simple yeah. as that. That's great. That's great. And you do it relationally. Yep. You, Absolutely. Uh, yes, I was in student ministry for eight years and worked alongside Young Life. For, at first, I thought, you know, a little bit of a competition. But I thought, no, man, let's work together. We're all doing the same thing. Uh, kind of jealous that my kids go there. But, hey, they come over here, too. So double dip. That's great. That's mm-hmm. a significant ministry. Now, how many clubs do we have around the world? Do you have any idea? We're in 107 countries, best man. I can tell. And, and we're in... Uh, well over 1,500 communities in our own. Every state. Uh, yes, yes, uh, excellent. A lot of cities, rural, uh, urban, et cetera. We have, we, Beverly and I had the privilege of participating in the Young Life Ministry on the West Bank with Vance Patterson. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So it's all over the world, man. Yeah. Wow, how God is using Young Life. Powerful. Well, we'll continue to hear Ty's story and how God's using him in our community when we return Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, Thursday afternoon. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back, team. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. It's my joy to come into your home or car or smartphone or computer, Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, where we want to encourage you, even want to equip you, make a difference and we're going to enjoy the journey along the way. Well, Ty, while we were over in uh, the West Bank, I ran into uh, Hunter Lambeth, who runs that ministry over there in the Middle East. Tell me that backstory. Well, Hunter uh, became a Christian, met the Lord in Young Life Ministry, where I was uh, the area director in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and uh, became a dear friend. We even named our uh, second son after him, Hunter. Wow. Uh, and then I was, uh, as we've walked through life still today, uh, I introduced him to his current wife as well. So we have a long history together. Isn't that something? Well, listener, you never know how the Lord can use you in this season to make a difference in somebody's life. And you never know what the the residual effect's going to be when they catch hold and catch fire and be used by the Lord. That's a great story, Ty. Did 
was not aware of that until today. Yeah, he's a quality, quality guy. Well, we've got listeners who are at various levels in their spiritual journey and their service. I'm sure we have some who maybe uh, maybe they're testing the waters. Maybe they're asking, God, how, how can you use me? Maybe they're thinking, like in our case, uh, uh, not only saved, but called into the ministry. And like you say, calling is kind of a, a nebulous kind of thing, kind of hard to nail down. But what would you say to our listeners, Ty, that maybe want to step it up, get a little, get involved in, in the next level? Where, where do you start? Well, if your heart is uh, attracted to, uh, uh, you know, if you see a homeless person and your heart really goes out to them, well, maybe check out and volunteer and see how you get involved in some ministry to them. Uh, it was easier for me, having met Jesus in Young Life, to uh, test the waters in Young Life. And then you find out you're you're deeply in love with kids, not mm-hmm. just a first love, but a forever love, a God-given love. Yes. So it was easy for me to uh, be a Young Life volunteer leader for a number of years before I went on staff. So get in there and see what brings your heart alive and follow that and what comes easy to you. Does it match your gift mix mm-hmm. as well? That's that's good. Sometimes we make calling a little too complicated, like God's going to call you on the phone. You know, it's going to be that dramatic. It might be. But you raised a good point because I, I was saved in, in student ministry, and so I thought, you know, this this really, really rocks. And so that's where I started off in student ministry, and you can really make a difference in student ministry. So if you're thinking about a place, that'd be a good place to start because many, as you know, what, 75% of people come to Christ before they're 16 or something like that. So the opportunity to make an impact there. So you served on Young Life. Now, you talked about being a, a, a parish minister or something down at First Pres. What, what's, what's that all about? Explain that to me. Well, when Jim Singleton was the senior pastor at First Pres, he c- created this uh, uh, idea of having a parish associate. Okay, it, now what's it, that mean? It, it just meant you uh, participated in the life of the church uh, a little more formally. Okay. You, you preached some. You Great. taught in different places in the church, things like that. Good, good, yeah. Just be involved in the kingdom the way you can. Is is, is that a, a professional job, or were you, were you? There was no pay. Okay, it, it was all volunteer. Well, I was still full time on Young Life staff. Well, my friend, the rewards out of this world. <laughs> the pay is out of this world. That's great. That's great. So now you you did the Young Life deal for how many years? Forty years. Forty. Then what came after that? As far as ministry goes, okay, yeah, you, interesting. You're, you're, yeah, you're, you're transitioning out of young life into what? Well, you are open, just like we were talking about. Maybe when you first meet Jesus, you're open. Okay. What, what, what doors? What uh, pathway is Jesus opening to you? Uh, talked with a number of people. To me, the whole world was open, and I ended up going with Agora Search Group, which uh, places pastors in churches. Uh, that that need help finding okay. the right pastor for the right position. Okay, uh, did that for a while, and then uh, I'm helping my wife. You know, she served me for 40 years. Now I got to 
serve her, help her succeed in her business. She's an interior designer. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Beverly was, too, down in Austin. Yeah, yeah, that's a neat gig, man. Yeah, she's so quite, you got an artsy wife, then? Oh, man, she's quite successful. I, oh, I admire that's uh, great. all yeah. that she does. That is a touch. It sure is. Yeah. Wow. That's and then cool. uh, this opportunity uh, with the Broadmoor uh, came along, and I sort of jumped into that, where this little Pauline Chapel that sits behind the Broadmoor, beautiful basilica form, houses all of Julie Penrose art and artifacts, millions of dollars worth. Uh, Phil Anschutz, when he bought the Broadmoor, wanted a service okay. for his Broadmoor guests. And uh, we said, okay. And we, uh, Pev Jackson, John Stevens, uh, retired pastor at First Press yes. at the time, and yes. I uh, put together this 30-minute service, which doesn't sound like much, but boy, is it beautiful. Jesus-centered uh, we sing, uh, we have the doxology, we have the Lord's Prayer, and uh, it's very simple and yet profound. Wow, wow. Well, tell us how, I have a conviction that two of the most least reached groups are the upper and outers and the down and outers and have been stri- uh, strategic in trying to reach both those groups throughout my ministry. So, I mean, how did it start? I mean, you've been at it, what, about 12 years now? Mm-hmm. So it had, what the genesis of this? It, well, it was Phil Anschutz's desire, his vision for it. and uh, well, How did your name then come into the picture? Uh, Peb Jackson okay. and, uh, knew Phil, and okay. then Peb invited me okay. uh, to, to be involved. All right. And uh, now Peb has passed, mm-hmm. so it, it's kind of fallen to me. And John passed last year. And John too. has passed yeah. this yeah. year, yeah. right, or 2023. So you've been kind of the lead guy for a while? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and what's happened, and it's beautiful, very organic, but people in the community have started coming. Okay. Uh, people that have never been to church, people that have born, burned out on church. Maybe it's an interim stop for someone for, between yeah. churches. Maybe they hadn't gone to church in a long time. Uh, maybe a family member invites someone, mm-hmm. but we probably have about a hundred, hundred and twenty week. But uh, a lot of them are people in the community. Wow, wow! But it started out primarily for the Broadmoor guests it, and it, workers, right? That's right. It was set Start up for employees them. and guests of the Broadmoor. So when it started, that was the main populace. That's of, right of the ministry, and then it morphed into this other. That's yeah. right. God just grew it how God was going to grow it. Great, and, great. and we're not a church. Uh, in some ways, we act, I guess, like a church, mm-hmm. but but church, big uh-huh. church in yeah. God's uh, economy. We're a, a community for sure. It kind of reminds me like a resort ministry on top of a ski slope or something. You know, we have worship services up there and minister to those who are there. It was a similar type deal. I mean, mm-hmm. But you have a lot in the community coming. That come every week. Every right? week, faithfully, I bet. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, of course different levels of faithfulness. Mm-hmm. What, what, what's, your, what's your vision? What, what do you want to see accomplished? And what, what's it's just the Pauline Chapel service? Is that the, what's branded? It is, uh, but of course you want to make Jesus known, bring Jesus to life, make Jesus relevant, and grow into him uh, would be uh, with all the different speakers that we have. We have various speakers. Uh, Rotate them in from the community. From mainly, a lot of the them front. are pastors at different places in the community. Tim McConnell speaks yeah, yeah, a couple good. times a year. Good, yeah. good. And you're always ready to speak in case he doesn't show up, I guess. That's, that's right. That, wow. It happens very rarely. Oh, that's good. That's good. 
Well, you have a great ministry there, and what what are some of the what are some of the the W's you have seen, Ty, in twelve years of ministering to the Broadmoor community? I want you to think about that when we come back. I want you to share some challenges and some opportunities in that ministry because it's a significant ministry. It's a slice of our community. And we bloom where we're planted and ask the Lord to use us. So we're going to talk about some challenges and opportunities when we return of the Pauline Chapel at the Broadmoor. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back, team. We're having an energizing conversation with Ty Saltzgiver, who heads up a ministry at the Broadmoor, Pauline Chapel. Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, and of course you're welcome to attend. Don't want to take you away from your church at all, but if you're looking for a place to land, as Ty says, to lift up Jesus and minister the words. Is that what you said? Uh, make Jesus known and uh, make him relevant, make him real, uh, who he is. That's yes. great. That's great. And of course, most of the guys you invite in, you've probably heard before, right? Or some I, of them you I haven't have. heard at yeah. all. Yeah, just... That's right. But we would have a meal together and yeah, yeah. Uh, get to know them before they'd be Good invited. Good idea. You to... just don't want to sail somebody in there and ruin, ruin the gig for you. Right. But, uh, yeah, most of them God-honoring want to do the right thing, and I've been there almost half a dozen times. Everybody I've heard been really been really good. Well, what are some W's and challenges along the way? Any ministry tie is going to have its challenges. It's going to have its blessings. And what, what, are, what are some war stories you can tell us as you minister to the Broadmoor community for 12 years? You know, challenges, uh, I have to say, really— are minor wow, compared great. to, I'm sure, what other people have to deal with. I mean, the Broadmoor is very supportive. They print programs. They support in any way uh, with the building, something happens okay. or yeah, heat yeah. doesn't work or yeah. whatever. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and the, it's, the community is just so beautiful. I've taken two trips to Israel and taken – a lot of people that are wow, uh, regular attendees uh, at the chapel, so that's been fun. Uh, again, deepening uh, yeah, their yeah. own personal relationship with Jesus, their walk with Jesus, uh, cool. a, a deeper uh, spirituality for them. Um, we have done funerals uh, at the chapel, which wow. have been very meaningful. Of we, your constituents. Uh-huh. We've wow. done a, uh, I've uh, been able to marry a few people wow. that have yeah. happened there. Well, you're their, their pastor so, for all intents well, and purposes. Well, yeah. I, you know, it's, in that way. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, a, it's a community. It's okay. a beautiful community. So what activities do you have outside of that to help them grow in the Lord other than just, you know, one-on-one coffee? And you know, we, we do have night. a Bible study, good, a, a men's Bible study uh, once a week. And then there are several women's Bible studies that, that people plug into. Cool, cool. Does Phil show up himself? Aren't you? He Coming has, up? yeah. He probably comes once or twice a year, three well, times a year. That's great. That's great. Boy, what a, I know it warms his heart to see that thing full of people and vibrancy and worship and everything. That's a great vision, you know. Again, what's in your hand? You know, the Lord gives different people different things in our hands, resources. Uh, some of us one-talent guys, 
three talent guys like myself, five talent guys like you. But no, hey, we no, just sir. he wants our availability, you know, and he can hit a straight lick with a crooked stick and uh, hard up on troops because he'll uh, he'll just use anybody, just just common people, doesn't he? Yes, sir. That's a wonderful thing. Bible says doesn't call uh, God doesn't call many wise and rich, powerful. Didn't say he didn't call any. They said didn't call many. So, friend, if you're out there, you're just a common people. The Bible says, and the common people heard Jesus gladly. So, what's in your hand? What's your circle of influence? What's your passion? What's your heart? Uh, you know, stick your toe in. If you don't want a cannonball in the deep end of the pool, we'll just stick your toe in the shallow end and check your heart response. Is this something you'd like to be involved in? And if it isn't, then the Lord will turn to you another direction and find a place for you to serve. You you have a lot to offer uh, the kingdom of God, and we want to encourage you. Well, Ty, you're seminary trained. What, what How did seminary equip you? What, what, what value did... Uh, higher education help you to minister to folks? It, it certainly, I was, uh, apologetics was big to me early wow. on. Yeah. And uh, I, I wanted to have a reason to faith, not just uh, uh, a leap of yep. faith. Yep. And so seminary certainly did that. It grounded me in many ways. I loved the Greek language. Wow. And that opened up scripture to me like uh, nothing else had. Hebrew, not quite as much. I hear you. I'm with you, but that was a grind. But then to take a course on the Gospel of John or to take a a course on uh, the person of Jesus. I I, I even had to go to the eye doctor, uh, and the doctor reasoned. I was just reading so much, and and uh, wow, the, 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 it had affected my eyes. Wow! So good on you. I, I just grabbed on to wow to everything there. You had a hunger and still do. Now, That's after I left, uh, I would like to add that um, the more the heart, uh, like today, a, a, apologetics. Um, you know, the, the logically trying to help someone come to faith doesn't appeal to me as much anymore. Well, you're a relational kind of guy. You're Ma- heartfelt. Ma- making Jesus known and how he wants to give us life here and yep. make us whole people here, grow us into our true selves, yeah. uh, help us understand that the truest thing about us is that we're his beloved child. Yeah. Uh, th- th- those things seem to mean so much more to me today than... Well, that's that's our culture, Ty. You've nailed it on the head. There was a day when people were concerned, non-believers, is Christianity true? We live in a day now where they're asking, is Christianity real? And so it has to be real, it has to be really lived, Uh, Speaking to apologetics, I want to encourage our listeners, one of the most, the most reasonable thing a person could do is to commit their life to Jesus Christ. It's not a leap into the dark. It's a leap into the light. uh, God says, come reason with me. It is a reasonable faith. And we are rejoicing that obviously there are archaeological and all kinds of studies back up the Christian faith. It's not some, you know, absolutely. All that is true. Yeah. Yeah. 
and I, I like your your heart response. I'm teaching a seminary class, and and I'm t- apolog- uh, apologetics part of it's hermeneutics, how to interpret the Bible. And I encouraged my class last night. We want to engage the Word of God on a heart level. It is God's Word. Think about it. It's God's Word. It's His. It's His message. I like what Eugene Peterson's done with the Bible. It's a message to you. So. Let it impact your your heart. Let it communicate to your heart. The same Spirit of God that dwells in the Scriptures dwells in you, and there's a connection there. And so I would encourage you uh, to to get in the Word and find a Word from God every day and have have a heart posture of heart hunger and heart response to the Word as well as to understanding it academically and and intellectually. God gave us a brain. He gave us a lot and gave us a brain, but He gave us a lot and gave us a heart as well. So have you, uh, as you you think in terms of ministry today, you and I have been in ministry a long time. I've alluded to one change. What what change, uh, you know, uh, the Bible says, and David served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep. So what what unique things come to your mind in today's society that, that... impact the way we do ministry. Mm-hmm. You've alluded to one, and it's very important, the value of relationships. Mm-hmm. And that never changes, yep, yep, right? Yep. Uh, but I think I think it's become even more so today. People are hungry for a relationship. For, perhaps maybe they haven't been before, but I, I agree with you. It's always been there. Uh-huh. Anything else come to your mind? Well, I, I think authenticity yes. uh, wins the day, and that's yep. not something you can program. That's yep. That's just something you are as you grow into Jesus, yep. uh, that that you have the aroma of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. People can smell it, yep. uh, and that and attracts them to and you. They want it. And we drip on them rather than vomit on them and let Jesus shine through. Let him do that in your life, dear friend. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some exciting, practical ways we can help you in your walk with the Lord. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back, team. I tell you what, Colorado Springs is the greatest city on the planet. We are so blessed to have a community with so many significant ministries going on, both in our city and, of course, county and around the world. And one of them is at the Pauline Chapel at the Broadmoor, led by Ty Saltzgiver. Every Sunday morning, 9 a.m., they gather to be encouraged and challenged in their walk with the Lord and people coming to Christ as well, obviously. And so we appreciate your ministry, Ty. As you as you think in terms of of your own spiritual growth through the years, I'm reflecting on on mine. What, what do you think are the keys to growing in the Lord, and and, and maybe even getting to the place of of effective ministry? Not not so much professional, but ministry, but being used of the Lord. First of all, let's talk about keys to spiritual growth. How did you get to where you are today spiritually? Well, of course. Uh... Uh, Paul says in Philippians uh, chapter 1, verse 6, be confident of this. He who's begun a good work in you is going to see it through to completion until the day of the Lord. So Jesus and his spirit deal differently with each one of us yes. as we need uh, to grow uh, into our true selves. Uh, for me, 
if I, I'll use this language, I had an addiction, but it wasn't to drugs or drinking. It was trying to get you to like me. Well, sure. Oh, trying man, to, I, I mean, everybody has it, but yeah. I had it yeah. w- way worse. Fear of man. Uh, the love of man, fear of man. Yeah. I, I needed you to think I was the neatest person in the world, the greatest spiritual man you'd ever met, yeah. uh, the greatest worker with kids there ever was, the greatest speaker there ever was. And uh, unconsciously, I would go after that. And once that started coming into light for me, what what turned the tide was realizing that Jesus' love for me, uh, that I'm his beloved son, in my case, a son, uh, was the most real thing about me. I, I didn't. I was released from. Now, every now and then, it'll still rear its head, but it doesn't have control over mm-hmm. me like it mm-hmm. like it used to. Uh, and so, I think that was a big key in my. Well, you're, I think uh, you're spiritual growth. Ty, I think you're talking about identity. I think you're talking about <clears throat> who we who we are in Christ and unconditional love obviously he loves us unconditionally that doesn't mean we go off and do what we want my my mantra is he, he loves us just like we are but he loves us so much he doesn't want us to stay there mm-hmm. and so if we have that perspective uh mine mine's very similar i, I kind of uh, justify my existence through my productivity you know do 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 but we're human human beings not human doings and i would again take us back to the, the great commandment to, to, to love God with all that's in us, love others, Christians and non-Christians, as we, as, we, as we love ourselves and find our truest selves under the lordship of Jesus. And life is a, is a journey to, to find out who we are and how God can use us like we are. It, it sounds simple, but sometimes it takes a while. Well, I I think I know so many people that would readily admit Jesus loves them, but it has that love dropped into their deepest place that, again, I don't know what language you use other than it's the most real thing about them. Yes, Brennan Manning, who had a great influence on me, uh, lived in New Orleans for the longest time, and he studied the the slave culture that was in New Orleans from 1800 to 1850, and uh, you know, everybody has their expression for becoming a Christian. Mm-hmm. It may be to a Baptist, you, when were you saved? Yeah. Uh, to a Catholic, when did you come to faith? In young life, when did you accept Jesus or begin a relationship with Jesus? Whatever it is, the phrase in that culture yeah. was, when were you seized by the power of a great affection? Wow. When were you captured by Jesus' love. Mm-hmm. And then you just live your response, yeah, your life yeah. in response yeah, uh, yeah. to that love. Yeah. So when you and I were talking at the break, uh, you said, "What's your? do you have a life verse? I don't know that I do, but I'll tell you one that's been really meaningful to me was out of the mouth of Jesus, red letters in my Bible. He said in John chapter 15, as the Father loves me, now, that's a good love, yeah. right? The yeah. Father loving His Son, Jesus. As yeah. the Father loves me, there's no better love. Yeah. Jesus says, that's how I love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now make your home in my love. Yeah, abide. Yeah, come to live in my love. The, the yeah, Greek word, meno, yeah. uh, abide. Yeah. Yeah. Make your home there. Live there. Go yeah. in from there. Go out from there. Yeah. Sleep yeah. there. Yeah. Get, get encouraged there. Build, you know, when my kids would come home, 
we uh, hopefully they can just be themselves in our house. It was a yep. safe place. You don't have to put on here. You can yep. let down. Yep. We're going to encourage you. We're going to build you up, prop you up, love on you, get you ready to go out into the unreal That's world. That's good. So make your home in Jesus' love for you. That's a great word, Ty. I was on the board, and uh, we were uh, David Jeremiah. What's his church in San Diego? I think isn't it. Yeah, we're in San Diego, and and uh, so we went over to his church, and he talked to us, and. Uh, over lunch, I think. And he said, now I'm going to talk to you about my newest book. And I, I was on the edge of my seat, you know, so excited. And he said, it's the love of God. And I thought to myself, you know, I've had 10 years of formal theological training, been in ministry, you know, 45 years at that point. What's he going to tell me new about the love of God? I don't know. I, I really bowed up, you know, I said, what's with this, you know, but man, he, of course he's anointed anyway. And came up with some some real truths that I, you know, sometimes, Ty, we need more reminding than informing, you know. Mm -hmm. And God is our loving Heavenly Father. That's how we begin every prayer. Our Father, who art, and he's not my Father, he's our Father. And uh, my wife always reminds me, hey, if you could just think of of the Christian family as a a family, and God's our Father, and kids are different, and he, he relates to them differently. And we want to... I want to remind our listeners, I want you to be encouraged that uh, the the love of Jesus is in you, just like the love of God to Jesus. That's powerful. And we are co-heirs with Christ to, to even take it up a notch. You know, whatever Jesus has inherited, we're going to inherit. But along the way to revel in, in the word of God, in the word of, through the word of God and express the, uh, is, uh, find it in the word, a, a verse for you. Mine's John, the same Chapter John fifteen sixteen, Jesus said, "You didn't choose me; I chose you. Mm-hmm. I've ordained you to go and produce fruit and fruit whatever you pray in, yeah. in my name. I'll give it to you." Reminding ourselves, we are chosen, and we abide in His love and allow the love of God to flow over you and to live through you. I tell you, Ty, the world is hungry for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I don't know why this just came to mind, yeah, but, but you mentioned. Uh, and have such, as I do, great respect for Eugene Peterson. Yes. My friend Peb Jackson and uh, went to his funeral, and another person uh, that I know, and they came back and they both said the highlight, independently of each other, okay. said the highlight of the funeral was his son Leaf, who gave a eulogy to his dad, yeah. and he said, uh, you know, my dad only had one sermon. Wow. And he spoke it over me every night. Sometimes he always thought I was asleep, but sometimes I wasn't. Okay. And he said, This was my dad's one sermon. Jesus loves you, Leaf. He's coming after you. He is relentless. He is on your side. Wow. He spoke that every night. Over his son. Oh, there's power in repetition. The Lord knew that. He said a lot of things over and over again. Well, Ty, if you had one thing to tell our listeners, what would it be? If you're going to uh, spend, spend it, let, let Jesus' love for you be like a hot bath. You just get in it after a hard day's work, maybe in the yard, and, and you soak, and you feel that water rush into your muscles, and you're so relaxed, and uh, just keep growing in being seized by the power of Jesus' great affection. That's great. Amen. Ty, thank you. That is a good word. You've encouraged me and hope you've encouraged our listeners. 
Take hold of the love of God. Let it take hold of you and live through you to others who are, who are dying and hungry for the love of God through us in Jesus. Lord, help us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See you tomorrow, team. The Word. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.